in today's show, I'm giving out some fantasy basketball awards. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Yesterday, I did my NBA awards ballot. I don't have a real NBA awards vote, but I went through and acted as if I did. So if you haven't checked out that video, go and have a look at my picks for MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, All-NBA Team, All-Rookie Team, all of those awards I did. But today, we're going to be looking, not looking, we're going to be looking at fantasy-specific basketball awards for the 2020-2021 NBA season. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room is changing the way that we talk sports. All right, so let's have a look at fantasy awards for this season. It's the first time I think I've ever done a fantasy award-specific show, but hey, let's see how it goes. You can tell me what you think, what you don't think uh, about it. Well, you can tell me what you, you liked and didn't like. Maybe that's more accurate. Let's look at the fantasy MVP. And for most of these awards, we're going to do it on different different ways. We're going to do category leagues and Yahoo Standard Points Leagues. We're going to do it on a per-game basis and a total value basis for most of the awards. Not for all of them, for most of them. The Fantasy MVP for a per-game basis, it has to be... Absolutely has to be Nikola Jokic. He is your Fantasy MVP. He's going to be your NBA MVP as well. There's almost no way that he is uh, that he's not, and that's a, this is a pretty clear one here. Fantasy per game, uh, Nicole Jokic, number one. Number two was Steph Curry on a per game basis. And number three was James Harden. Harden, of course, missed some time. So that, that time missed um, was obviously an issue. Um, yeah, some some interesting things there. Now, Curry was a guy that... Curry and Harden were clear top five picks to me. I had Harden at number one before the season. I think I had Curry at four or five. So that worked out all right. Hey, Jokic at maybe seven. Using that six to eight group anyway. Um, yeah, obviously missed a little bit on that one, but he took his game to a huge level. And yeah, picking, I, I think picking at Jokic at, at one, again, I say this all the time that your process generally trumps results. Picking Jokic at one, I don't think was the right decision, even though he finished at one. And that might sound stupid to some of you guys. But when you look at all the evidence available, you know, picking him at one is, even though it works out, it's it's a blind stab to expect um, improvement out of nowhere. And, and that's really a tough thing to do in fantasy. And you'll go wrong the majority of the time trying to predict those sort of things. And it's the same reason why I was against you know, taking Luka Doncic at number one, which so many people wanted to do. And that one I was yeah, obviously right on because he didn't finish, I don't think, even in the top 10 this season. That was a, that was a relatively obvious one, I thought, in terms of you know, not picking someone in that position. But yeah, a lot of people uh, a lot of people did. In fact, Doncic finished 18th on a per-game basis this season. So there's your fantasy MVP per game for category leagues. For total value, it's Jokic, it's Curry again. But interestingly, Damian Lillard, who's just seventh on a per-game basis, jumps all the way up to third because he played 67 games, which is the most out of anybody in the top 12 outside of Jokic who played all 72 games. 
So we can talk about games missed being a problem, and it, and it was obviously for and most people. But the thing, that's the thing is, it was a problem for nearly every player this year to miss a lot of games. So yeah, the fact that only out of the top 12 per game ranked players, only two guys played 65 or more games, and that was Lillard and Jokic. That's where you have that that issue. And then if you go down to the top, what, top 18, where Doncic is the cutoff uh, at number 18, there was only four guys who played 65 or more games. And that's those two that I mentioned, Lillard and Jokic, and then Vooch and Doncic are the only guys who played uh, 65 plus games. So guys miss games, but everybody missed games. So that, I guess that, that elevates the value of the guys who did play, but it also reduces the negative impact of those guys who didn't play. Four points leagues per game. Nikola Jokic was number one. Is he going to clean sweep the four MVP categories? Probably. Number two was Russell Westbrook. Now, the consensus one and two picks in points leagues was Giannis and Luka Doncic. They did not finish there, obviously. Again, there's nothing wrong with picking them there. It was probably the right decision. Um, Westbrook, you wouldn't have picked him in that area. He was a guy that I think was a clear top 10 or top seven type fantasy points guy, but not at number two. He was unbelievable for, for this season, especially down the, uh, down the stretch. And he's always been a really good points league player. And he wasn't that far behind Jokic on a per game basis. Then at number three was Yanni Antetokounmpo, who averaged almost 54 fantasy points per game. And the total points is Nikola Jokic. So he clean sweeps the fantasy points or the fantasy MVP awards. Russell Westbrook, number two in total points. And Luka Doncic finished third in total points. So if you took Yanis or Luka with the number one or number two pick, you, know, you got the third ranked player in per game value and the third ranked player in total value for points leagues. That's not that far off where you would have hoped it would be. Guys, Locker Room, it is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. This app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. And you can even find all of our, or not all, a lot of our Locked On hosts across the NBA, MLB, and NHL there. So... Go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices, and be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues, and I can't wait to see you guys there. I'll be sure to let you know um, yeah, what, what's uh, next time I go live on Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room is changing the way that we talk sports. All right, let's go on to the next category here. Um, and we're going to look at playoff MVP. So what I did is use the standard Yahoo fantasy playoffs, not the fantasy playoffs that I would have suggested, but they was the standard Yahoo playoffs, which was the 19th of April through to the 9th of May, three weeks there, and gave the total value. So who played the most, uh, who had the best value in the total, not on a per game basis. You'll be shocked to know that number one was Nikola Jokic. You'll be shocked to know that number two was Steph Curry. So the number one and number two players over the course of the season were the number one and number two players over the course of the fantasy playoffs. That doesn't happen all that often. Interestingly, even in category leagues with subpar field goals and subpar free throw percentage, even though they did improve through the season, he was still a you know, over minus one Z score in both categories uh, during the fantasy playoffs. Russell Westbrook was number three for total value. In the, uh, in the playoffs. Now, I do think there is a significant risk of Westbrook being overdrafted next year. I've heard of people talking about him as a top five fantasy category league pick next year. I wouldn't do that. But this argument here that he was number three in the in the playoffs, maybe there's some credence to it. I have no idea who my fan... And guys, if you see articles or posts or talking about, you know, who's your top 12 for next year, please ignore it. There's absolutely no credence in doing those things now. In fact, I think it's just more misleading than anything. Sure, it leads to discussion and interaction and clicks and all that sort of stuff. I will never do it. 
you'll never hear me give a top 12 for next season at this point. It's just absolutely foolish to do that. Um, so I won't engage in any of that sort of talk. Only to say that I have seen whispers of people wanting Westbrook in the top five. And uh, don't, I don't think that'll work out. But again, that argument there is not far off. For points leagues, Westbrook was the number one player in the fantasy playoffs. Steph was number two and Jokic was number three. So the same blokes that we had there for category leagues, fantasy playoffs, they were the same three players, just in a different order for the fantasy points leagues through your fantasy playoffs. Let's go to rookie of the year. Category leagues on a per game basis. LaMelo Ball was the best fantasy rookie this season. He was the number one guy that I drafted in terms of rookies this season. He was better than I expected as the 57th ranked player on a per game basis. I, again, Hard to know exactly, but pretty sure he'll be a top 50 or top 40 pick next year. And I think that's absolutely deserved. Tyrese Halliburton comes second in that category. He was the 70th ranked player on a per game basis. You could have drafted him, you know, picked him off free agency or drafted him with your last one or two picks. And Anthony Edwards was your third rookie uh, in terms of per game value in a category league. Finishing as the 101st ranked player. And this is something that we talk about yeah, at the start of seasons all the time. Like how many rookies are top 100 players? We had two. I think the number I thought we'd have at the start of the year was two. I didn't think Halliburton would be the second. I thought that Wiseman would be significantly better. And even though I'm not hiring him, I thought he'd have a pretty good fantasy year or a decent enough fantasy year. He was terrible, obviously. So I thought there'd be two top 100 players. And two to four is about the average that you get in per game category leagues rookies in a top 100. That's usually what you get. And we got it again this year. I thought there was a chance we'd get only one. I thought two was a real, realistic possibility. We got two. We almost got a third with Edwards' late flourish. But that's how it ended up. Rookie of the year for total value for categories? Anthony Edwards was your best rookie over the entire season. 51st ranked player in total value because he played every game. And that makes a huge, huge difference when you're looking at total value. Now, I don't think that looking at total value is a great indicator of the way to look at things next year. Because injuries, COVID absences, protocols, they're not things that carry over. They just, they just aren't. So we can look at Edwards and go, he's 51st in total value, therefore he's going to be a top 50 pick. If that's your logic, you're wrong. Now, I'm not saying that Edwards is not going to be a top 50 player because his per game numbers over the last two to three months were top 50. I think they were even top 40. But you can't use these numbers as expectations of what to look at next year. Halliburton was third, oh, sorry, second. He was the 67th ranked player in a total value. And number three was the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate. Again, played a lot of games, the 76th ranked player. He wasn't in the top 100 for per game value, but because he played so many games, he was the uh, 76th ranked guy overall. For Rookie of the Year in points leagues on a per game basis, Lamelo Ball was 57th. Anthony Edwards, significantly better in points leagues and category leagues because his horrible field goal percentage didn't impact you. 71st ranked player there. While on the opposite end of the spectrum, spectrum Halliburton's a significantly worse points league player than category league player. He was still top 100, 96th ranked player, but his elite efficiency, high assists, high steals don't translate as well to points leagues um, uh, as it does to a high volume scorer like Anthony Edwards. So Ball, Edwards, Halliburton on per game value. For total value for Rookie of the Year for points leagues, Anthony Edwards was the 31st ranked player. He gets the nod. Lamelo Ball was the 71st ranked player in points leagues. And the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate was the 75th ranked player in points leagues for the uh, for the totality of the season. The best waiver wire pickup of the year. So the way that I looked at this is these are players who did not have ADPs on Yahoo, meaning that they they weren't. Now, there are guys that have ADPs, and I don't know how, what their formula is to work out ADPs, but guys like Bol Bol had an ADP of 140, meaning he was drafted in enough leagues to register a number there. These guys didn't have a single number. Their ADP column was blank. Nobody drafted them in leagues. 
any in 12 team leagues in general. So I'm pretty sure that's how the ADP stuff works on Yahoo because they don't go outside 140 in terms of their ADP. So these guys didn't have an ADP. They were undrafted in the vast, vast majority of leagues and they had the best value. This is on um, per game value. I'm looking at this. Kelly Linick, the 60th ranked player overall this season. That's pretty good value off the waiver wire. Now, he was a guy that I was in and out on. Yeah, I've talk, I talked about Linick all the time, and people criticize me for talking about Linick. Josh, if Kelly Linick has a good game, you straight away say, pick him up. You just love him. All right, cool. But what my thing was always, if he plays 30 minutes a night or 29 minutes a night, he's a must-add player. And then when Spolster drops him to 22, you drop him. And that happened about three or four times this year. Then he went to Houston, and things went bananas, where he was like a top 15 player for the last month or so of the season. The minutes never dipped. The production was up, and he was great. Ended up as the 60th ranked player. I have no idea what to expect from him next season, but he was awesome. Timothy John McConnell. I had no way that I thought this was going to happen. 65th ranked player this season, McConnell. Um, uh, absolutely no way. He shouldn't have been drafted. He wasn't drafted correctly. Um, and then he just started putting up insane numbers. He averaged almost two steals, six and a half assists. He didn't score at all and shot 56% from the field. I think that's the big outlier there, shooting 56% from the field, which is a category... Like he's not a good shooter. We know that. He's a horrible shooter, in fact. But biggest, big steals, big assist, and great field goal percentage is a weird combo. And then Kyle Anderson. I didn't know what to expect from Anderson. He was terrible last season. Terrible. And then I thought, okay, Justice Winslow, he's going to come in and play, and they're going to try and... And the word was from Memphis that Winslow would be the starter over Anderson. And then Winslow wasn't ready. And then he didn't return. And then he never returned. And then he did return. And then he was absolutely useless. So Anderson maintained that value. And the worry I had with Anderson and why, again, he wasn't being drafted is Winslow and Jackson. They would be the three and the four. But they just didn't play. And when they did play, specifically Anderson, no, specifically Winslow, they were shitful. So Anderson had great value. And then he also played really well. He had 12 points, six rebounds, three and a half assists, 1.2 steals, 0.8 blocks, solid percentages. He was just a really solid player. As the 77th ranked player overall, an excellent waiver wire pickup. For points leagues, the same names, just different positions. Kelly Olenek, 86th in points leagues. Kyle Anderson was 88th in points leagues. And TJ McConnell was 100th. All guys that were great pickups off the waiver wire that produced solid value for your fantasy team. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? I'm sure you all guys will have all of your favorite flavors. You know what it is. And some it might be ones that have been discontinued. You're just waiting for Built Bar to bring it back. But at the moment, you can get a coconut, a raspberry, a double chocolate, or a salted caramel. But if you don't know what your favorite flavor is, or if you love them all, just grab a mixed box, 18 bars, nine flavors, two of each. And you get to try out and see which one is your favorite flavor. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein and only 130 calories and just four grams of sugar with four grams of net carbs. So if you go to Built Bar and order today, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. The promo code is LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing and you can track all of the action at Bet Online, and you can also go and bet on the NBA playoffs. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, and all of your UFC action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the playoffs, or in fact, they're in the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using our promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online are your online sportsbook experts. Okay, the next fantasy award that we're going to do 
is the best late pick for category league. So guys whose ADP was between pick 100 and pick 130, I thought was a fair area to go with. Terry Rogier was the 123rd ranked or 123rd pick in drafts ADP. He finished the season as a top 50 guy, 49th ranked guy. I did not expect this. Now I was confused a little bit as how the, the guards would work. I thought that given the fact that Devontae Graham played better than Terry Rogier for most of last season, that we'd get Ball and Graham playing together a lot. But in fact, it was Graham who was shitful and moved to a significantly lower role. The other thing that Rogier did, which again, I would have been absolutely insane to project, is that he shot 10% better on two-pointers. Look, if you go out there, and this is the same thing that leads, and, and you know, I try to do everything that I do based on evidence rather than gut feel. And it's the same reason that I got things wrong on Brandon Ingram the year before, is because I'm not going to come out and say, well, Brandon Ingram is now going to be an 86% free throw shooter. He's going to double his three-point attempt rate and shoot them at 40%. Because you sound insane if you say that. Ingram, go, Ingram, 65% career guy, now he's 86. And you're going, oh, this is what I project. You've got no basis for that. It's the same as me coming out and saying, well, Rogier, in this role in Charlotte, as a shooting guard, he shot, what, 44% from the 43% from the field. I'm going to go out and I'm going to say he shoots 51. What's your evidence? I don't know, mate. Just guessing. But you know, sometimes this shit happens. And that's why these things you get wrong. Right? You look at the numbers. You look at the expected value. You look at it. Well, he wasn't that good. Does Lamelo just take over from Rogier? That was the expectation, which I did get wrong. And maybe I could have seen that coming, that it would have been Graham. But the shooting improvement, you can't. Chris Boucher, he was the 135th ranked, uh, oh, sorry, 135th player in ADP, and he ended up ranked 67th. Now, he was a great late-round pick, a guy that I was pretty high on doing that for, but always with the caveat that Nick Nurse hates him and doesn't think he's a particularly good player. So beware of situations where he doesn't get those big minutes that you hope or think that he deserves. Now, he still came in as the 67th-ranked player. He's a guy that appeared multiple times on my Sal High show that when he had those top 20 numbers, you needed to move on from him. Um, but it's still great value. He was one of the most obvious late-round picks to take, take a flyer on, and I think we all nailed that one. And then Tyrese Halliburton. I wasn't sure exactly how they'd use Halliburton there in Sacramento or that he'd get enough playing time immediately to be worth much more than a, um, a waiver pickup, but 133rd-ranked player for ADP ended up as the 70th best player. A clear steal there. After game one, he was an absolute obvious must-add if he was on the wave wire. But yeah, I didn't expect him as a rookie to come in and be uh, be as good as he was as the 70th best player. Again, hard to project that sort of stuff out. And you know, I think being cautious on rookies is generally going to be the best bet. Let's look at points leagues. Jeremy Grant was the 104th guy for ADP. He ended up 59th in points leagues. Obviously, the season ended pretty poorly for him, but he was really good to start the year. Rogier in there as well, 123rd ADP to up to 60 in ranking. And then Anthony Edwards was 115th ADP and ended up as the 71st ranked player. So they're the guys in points leagues that took those big steps forward and returned some pretty good value if you're able to pick them outside the top 100. Biggest bust. These are all players who were drafted inside the top 75. And I'm using this on total value. And this includes injuries. Obviously, TJ Warren played two games. 60th rank, 60th pick, 8 EP. He ended up the 475th ranked player. A disaster of a pick if you picked him in that fifth round. Disaster. Again, nobody could predict that he would get injured. Although, he's had a myriad of foot and ankle problems throughout his career. So there is always, and I, I was worried that he was getting over from, from memory. I haven't gone back and watched my videos, but I was talking about him maybe being an overdrafted player because people were hyping up his bubble performance, which I did not believe in. Remember, no Sabonis in the uh, bubble. I don't think Brogdon played either in that bubble. 
um, and no Oladipo, or not a full full strength Oladipo. Um, but of course, yeah, I didn't predict this would be the case. Jaron Jackson's ADP was 62. Of course, the saga of the Jaron Jackson injury, we all, we know it all too well. He'll be back in a minute. He'll be back really soon. He'll be coming back soon. It's going to sneak up on you. He'll be back mid-January, late January, mid-February, early March, late March, and then he ended up being end of April. Like that dicked us around. Like we can only go off the information that we have. And if you thought that he was coming back three weeks into the season, which is initially what Grizzlies reporters told me, MLK Day, like that 18th of January or whatever it is, 15th of January, yeah, the season started on what Christmas or whatever it was, 22nd of December. That's three weeks. For a bloke that on a per-game basis could be a top 30 guy, you, know, you don't mind taking him there in that in that 60 tight range. But it obviously didn't work out. And then this bloke, Hassan Whiteside. The world. Now that ADP is pretty insane at number 58. Um, I went back and looked over my one-man mock draft article on Basketball Monster. I had him at like 85, I think in the 85 range, which is still obviously insane. But as I mentioned a million times with Hassan Whiteside, he is not good. I do not think he's good, but when he plays minutes, he puts up fantasy stats. And I said, well, he's going to the Kings. They're the stupid team that could go out there and actually limit their best or the second best player in Rashawn Holmes and split the minutes with Hassan Whiteside. And that was my worry. And well, you know, if they play equal minutes, Holmes and Whiteside, Whiteside's a better fantasy player. But of course, that never eventuated. The Kings did the right thing. They didn't play Whiteside. I don't think he's going to be in the NBA next season, to be honest. I'm, I'm not sure where he goes. Um, but they didn't do that insane thing that the Kings are known for doing. And that torpedoed his value. So that an obviously huge bust there at number 58 for Hassan Whiteside. For category leagues, again, we look at a little bit different here. Top 75 ADP, but these are guys who played at least 55 games. So guys whose seasons weren't completely rooted in terms of their total value by injury. Now, they had some injuries, but they still played over 55 games. Jar Morant was the 30th pick. That was insane to me at the time. He missed time with an ankle injury. He still played a lot of games. In fact, Morant still played uh, 63 games. So he missed nine games of that ankle sprain. But he was the 99th ranked player on a total value basis. Like that is a absolute bust, a huge bust. Shooting was off. Assists would, were poor. Threes weren't great. Steals were low. Free throws took a tumble. Efficiency was down. He was just bad. And I think some of it is to do with the ankle injury um, hampering his play when he came back. But he was bad. Ubre was disgustingly bad. He was uh, ADP of 66, ended up 131st. Missed the end of the season, of course, but he was relatively healthy through most of the year. Played, again, over 55 games. Um, and just was bad. The shooting was abominably poor. Didn't really fit in with Golden State at all. I was lukewarm on him heading into the season, quite obviously. And, uh, yeah, I think that worked out uh, worked out all right for me in terms of where I would have picked him. I'm just going to have a look back at this one man, which I am going to do an article talking about um, my picks and um, and where guys ended up and, uh, you know, what I got right and what I got wrong. That's going to come up in the in the coming days. So I'm just trying to see where I actually ended up having Uber. I don't believe I had him all that high. I'm just trying to find his name on my list. Anyway, we'll talk about that tomorrow. But he was poor. And then Ben Simmons, 27th pick, ADP. On a total value, he ended up 72nd. And that's really poor. And he played the vast majority of games. So he just regressed significantly. He played 58 games. All right, that's that's a good chunk. He was just bad. So he you know, dropped way off. And I, I do not know what to expect from Simmons next season because that did not fit at all with him uh, in terms of fantasy production for this season. Biggest bust for points leagues. 
TJ Warren, Jaron Jackson, we talked about them already. But LaMarcus Aldridge, another one. 53rd uh, ADP, ended up 302nd in total value for points leagues. Now, nobody could have predicted that he'd retire due to a heart problem. But even before that, he was terrible. And I, I was completely wrong on him. I thought he'd be fine to be that 40 to 55 ranked guy. Yeah, just dropping off a little bit, continue to do what he does, play some, play some center, um, and put up some good numbers. But he couldn't shoot. He couldn't move. He didn't get minutes. I didn't think Pop would bench him, but he did. Or he reduced his minutes, and he struggled a lot. So he was one of the biggest busts there. And then we do the same thing for points leagues. Top 75 pick with 55 games played. Ubre was picked uh, 66th. He ended up 102nd in, in points leagues. John Collins was picked 19th. Now, that was always insane. I could not have stressed that highly enough during the preseason. He ended up 55th in total value for points leagues. He was worse than I thought. I thought he'd be like a 30 to 40 uh, ranked guy. Ended up worse than that. Uh, he was he was shit, but the writing was obviously on the wall. And then Simmons, 27th uh, ADP and then 44th ranked player for total points. So it's not that big of a dip, but it is big enough to get him into the busts list. Guys, that'll do it for my first Fantasy Points Award show. If you did like it, give it a thumbs up and follow on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app on YouTube. Ring the bell, thumb me up, dingling me. Drop your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.